Let's get it. Welcome to Grizz Talk. I'm your host, Jack Hampton. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up? What's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. We have so much to get into, including a brand new development in the injury status of Jaron Jackson Jr. And also, we're going to recap the Grizzlies' three games in four nights over the this weekend. But first, as of Tuesday, November 9th, the Grizz are just a game and a half out of the number one seed in the entire Western Conference. I know it's early, but Coop, how possible is it with Jaron back, with Zaire back soon, that we can win the entire West? Yeah, I mean, it's it's plausible. Like you said, it's super early. And if you look at it right now, the Jazz are number one. That's right. not that's not like the longevity of Jazz being number one in the West is not a not a long shot. So they're mm-hmm. gonna probably uh, fade off. The Suns had that massive blow with Cam Johnson, and as you pointed out, you sent me the thing uh, about uh, Jay Crowder not gonna out. play. Mm-hmm. So I really do think that's gonna start affecting them at some point because at the end of the day, you can't tell Devin Booker you have to literally score and defend everybody on the court. So exactly. they're I feel like they're gonna start falling off. Trailblazers I already feel like are starting to kind of feel that defensive lack of defensive prowess, uh, and they're starting to teeter back off. And obviously, we we predicted the Nuggets and the Mavs be up there anyways, and they're right above us. But like you said, we're one game out, and we haven't had Jaron. We haven't had Ja and Bain for every single game. Uh, we haven't had Dylan for every game. We haven't had Steven for every game. We haven't had Zaire once. Like, it's just so – the list goes on and on about how many players we haven't had, yet we're still 7-3. to three. It just shows the depth and the system that Taylor Jenkins has really incorporated. It's a plug-and-play system, as we saw last year. And this year, in my opinion, is even a better example of that. I love how you named all those teams. We are a six seed, but, I mean, a game and a half out of the first seed. Like you said, the Jazz aren't going to hang on. The Suns have turmoil, especially with Cameron Johnson going down recently. Portland, uh, Damian Lillard is returning from a recent injury, but Anthony Simons, that backcourt, I just don't believe in defensively. And the difference between us and the Trailblazers right now is we have reinforcements. They don't have that coming. Uh, Denver, how healthy can they be with MPJ and Jamal Murray? We have yet to see. Dallas is really a one-man show. Yes, Christian Wood has been incredible off the bench, but at the end of the day, you need another closer outside of Luka Doncic. I don't know if they can do that. So I feel good about our chances. Yes, the Clippers and Pelicans are right behind us, but who knows about Kawhi Leonard and the Pelicans? Yep. You know, that's a team that really concerns me, but they've been underwhelming so far at five and five. Yeah, and they dealt with some injury issues as well. Brandon Ingram and Zion both kind of missing time. But like you said, we're right there. And it's one of those things that's crazy. And the fact that you mentioned the Luka thing, I, I know it's not Mav talk, but uh, dude, <laughs> I saw a stat today that he's like about to break a Wilt Chamberlain record for the most 30-point games in a row. And I'm just, just – He's awesome. Like, at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that people know how awesome Luka Doncic is because is. for some reason, I think the Grizzlies are like one in a gazillion against uh, the Mavs since Luka Doncic has been there. It, it, for sure, because just what the pace he plays at, and he doesn't turn the ball yeah. over like all these other teams do. And you and I, we love John Morant, but Luka's the MVP right now, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, he's – I don't even know a word to use other than unbelievable. Like, just the things he does on a basketball court is just absolutely insane. When he – I don't know. I know you've had this single play by now, but when he absolutely broke Ben Simmons oh my and God. had him cradled like a baby on yes. the ground, I was like, my God. And then the very next – I like I was sliding through this girl. The very next thing I pop up is, watch out for the Mavs on going to get Ben Simmons from the Nets. I was like, 
this is too good. I know. <laughs> like, I would love first that. he steals your soul. <laughs> I would too. Give him a yeah. defender. Like, dude, just yeah, sure. You're not gonna shoot it anyways. Just go play the big man next to Christian Wood and you'll be fine. <laughs> no, I was talking about as a Grizzlies fan, man. I'd love that. Ah. He'd, he'd, we might have a chance to beat him if they don't have because we'll just leave that, him that's open, what I'm saying. double team Luca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing that kills us is the spacing they have with Maxi Kleba sitting in the corner. So Luca has all this room to operate. Now with Ben Simmons, there's no spacing, even if he is the only non shooter on the floor. He's averaging like four points, four rebounds, and four assists. Like, my God, who can, who would have ever predicted him being the worst player in basketball right now? Who the hell knows? <laughs> let's let's recap this uh, third game. The Boston Celtics came to Memphis, got the dub. I texted you after this game. I wasn't really mad about it. We were without yeah. Stephen Adams. He had turned his ankle the day before against the Wizards. Um, John Morant was magnificent. Desmond Bain had a solid 19-5-5. Five and five. Dylan Brooks had 13 points on 6-17 shooting. That's a story for another day. We're positive today. But BC we played well. Good and we ended up cutting it to one late in the game, but Jason Tatum was just too much for us on Monday night. Yeah, no, and at the end of the day, that was the third game in four nights. So, exactly. and you're without with you're without your enforcer and Stephen Adams. Which for that game, I'm not as upset about it. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal because I they were playing it. five out. So Stephen Adams probably wouldn't have played very much anyways. I thought X played well. Uh, I will admit, I was watching Top Gun Maverick when this game was going on. Uh, <laughs> so I, I highlight watch. Yeah, it's a but, damn uh, good movie to be watching, bro. It is, it is. And, you know, I was letting my parents watch it for the first time. But we played well. Like We did. For the third game in four nights against a team that was just in the NBA Finals, a team that we're one in seven against now in the last eight matches with them. We do not play them very well. They're just a weird matchup for us because you can take one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum out the other one's having 50. I mean, Jason Tatum did whatever he wanted to whomever he wanted. Exactly. It didn't matter who was on him. He just saw he just well, saw traffic coming in front of him. The, the only thing that really infuriated me about this game is we go down the stretch. Jason Tatum shockingly misses two free throws. Then I believe it was Malcolm Brogdon missed two free throws. Yep. And then we have it within one. Grant Williams goes to the line. He has not attempted a field goal, a free throw, a three-point shot the entire game, and he knocks down two free throws. I'm like, out of all the people, what the hell is this? But anyways, other than yeah. that, man, like, like you said, I was happy. I was happy with it. Uh, the Friday yeah. and Sunday game, obviously Charlotte came in Friday night, and we just dismantled them like we should have. They were without LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and I believe Gordon Hayward as well. Yep. Um, Sunday – we we played the Wizards. We were up by 23, blew it, and then came back and won again. What were your biggest takeaways yeah. from this weekend? Obviously, yes. Last last week's podcast, I was a little, little down and out on the defense. Mm-hmm. Defense. Obviously, I take take it with a grain of salt. We played two of the worst teams in basketball right now in the Wizards and the Hornets. So, like, take this with a grain of salt. But in the first seven games, the, the games we were upset about last week, 121.4 points per game on 48% shooting. This is obviously the opponent's uh, mm-hmm. scoring. 48% from the field, 37.5 from three, and we were only causing about 14 turnovers a game. Mm-hmm. In these last four games, so go back to the Portland game, the Charlotte, the Wizards, and the Celtics. So obviously we went 3-1, and one, that's fan, but 102 points per game. We'll round up 103 points per game. So 20-point difference right there just off the bat. Uh 41.9% field goal, so nine or 7% drop in field goal percentage for them. 29.7 in threes, so that's another 7% drop, and we're causing three more turnovers. So, like, you can see there's at least 
obviously, yes, you play two effort. of the crappiest teams. Effort. Yeah, but there's more effort, exactly. Like, I'm just glad to see that they're giving effort. And like you said, we, we might potentially have a guy back in the wings. Facts. That's going to be playing soon. That's going to make that defense look even better. Exactly. We'll touch on that in just a minute. My thing going into Charlotte last Friday night was I wanted a true – real blowout Blowout. we had not had one our closest one to it was out in sacramento we won by 15 125 to 110 but our starters did have to play down the stretch a couple weeks back this charlotte game nobody had to play down the stretch it was just a beautiful sight washington was a different story but we finally got our blowout against the hornets last friday exactly we got to see the kennedy chandler grab that cookie and go dunk it yeah, shout, shout out, out Kennedy, Kennedy, man. Shout, shout out Kennedy. Out Kennedy. <laughs> um, Jaron Jackson, let's move to him real quick. Brandon Clark in his post game after the Washington game on Sunday um, just casually said, yeah, Jaron Jackson will be back soon. And I didn't catch it. You informed me of this. Of course, Chris Vernon informed you of this. Shout out to him. <laughs> so yeah. him catching that. Cause I literally, I told you, I watched the post game. I didn't even catch it. But for BC, obviously I went back and watched it and he did say that. And that was just awesome to hear. Um, I believe that you had told me that he's playing five on five as well. Yeah. So he's already playing five on five because obviously I get a lot of my information from either A, Chris Vernon, or B, just fantasy, and I look at, like, the players' news and stuff like that. And so the last thing you heard was that he was just now starting three-on-three, and that was, like, two weeks ago. And so, obviously, you assume that with progressions and everything, because he's progressed pretty well from this offseason foot surgery, I assumed he was already probably going to be starting that soon, but to hear them already say he's been in five-on-fives, and then you hear uh, Brandon say, yeah, Tripp's going to be back soon. And then he, then he kind of just like walked over it casually, and then I think even Taylor has said something to yeah. the effect of, uh, "We're we're getting reinforcements with Jaron coming back soon." That's being a little more nonchalant than usual. So like, obviously, we'll take that how it comes. But just to hear it soon is nice. Yeah, and they didn't say that. Like, like the thing two years ago, like that wasn't. We just didn't hear shit. Like until, <laughs> yeah, it, and they just kept it like mouth shut, he has to be coming back, I'd say, within the next two weeks for them to be talking like this. Absolutely. I was. I already told you off air uh, on Monday, I was hoping it was going to be this Friday game against the Timberwolves. We didn't, I felt like we would have seen a doubtful on the injury report going into this uh, game against the Celtics and the Spurs, and we did not. So I'm going to assume he's not going to be back for that Friday game, but I can't see him returning in the next week or, week or two. So he's probably going to be back before that Thanksgiving mark, which – I was kind of hoping November 10th, so mm-hmm. if it comes back tonight, I hit my mark. But uh, <laughs> push come to shove, all I cared about and all you cared about, we wanted him for that Christmas Day game. I know this is a jumping a month ahead, but we wanted him. We wanted full strength for that Christmas Day game against the Warriors in Bay Area just to have a full roster against them. So he's going to be back before then. I fully believe that now. We may not even need a full roster. Shout out to the Warriors. What are they, four and seven, three and seven? Yeah, they're pretty bad. Four and seven, I think. It's so pretty. Oh, yeah. Hold it's on. So it. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Yeah, they're four and seven. The 12th seed in the Western Conference right now. Shout out Golden State, man. I'm sure that'll change. But it's, it's just beauty. It's beautiful to see right now. It all started with an absolute <laughs> rocker of a punch from Draymond Green. The punch heard around the world. Give him hell, Draymond. Can you imagine that happened at FedEx Forum? Like if oh if like Dylan Brooks just wound up and like punched John Morant in the face, like there, there'd be uh, the, Dylan there'd be Brooks would be ran out of Memphis so fast that yeah. like he would never play basketball again. Draymond can just do whatever the hell he wants. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, 
No, and at the end of the day, what are you going to tell Draymond? He's been your locker room voice leader for the past eight years. You're really just going to tell him, oh, hey, that's our that's our boys. We're in the pool now. You can't do that. <laughs> right. So. Shout out to Draymond for flipping off uh, FedEx for him last playoffs after game one getting Shout thrown out. out. And the fact that he didn't think he deserved to be thrown out for grabbing Brandon Clark's jersey and ripping him to the ground was ridiculous, too. It w- yeah, it was the first initial grab, and then it was the grab with the other hand and throw. I was like, <laughs> he yeah, was like, I'm trying to catch him. He's like, bro, he was going up. up. <laughs> we were like, you ripped him out of the air and rammed <laughs> yeah. him to the ground. Like, what are you talking? He would have just came right back down if you didn't touch him. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, that wasn't just an ordinary bump. You grabbed that man and sent his soul into the floor. He's <laughs> a freaking idiot, man. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about this Timberwolves game coming up on Friday. Um, I was looking at storylines going into this game, um, and the three I came away with, well, I'll start off with my first one. Steven Adams looking to bounce back after last year's playoffs. We all know that he got benched um, because of Carl Anthony Towns. Do you think that changes with their addition of Rudy Gobert, and how do you see that playing out uh, on Friday? Absolutely, no. It, them acquiring Rudy Gobert took all of the matchup nightmares i guess you can say for the timberwolves because cat be it as you may i don't care for him i think he's a good basketball player but he's just annoying but like him at the five is a matchup problem because you have to put somebody like jaron on him and then that who's who's steven adams guarding then he's not so he got ran off the court them claw them bringing rudy gobert in and clogging the paint saves us with steven adams and guess what i'm gonna take steven adams over rudy gobert for what he does He's going to rebound hard. He's going to get. He's going to keep offensive sessions. He's going to be able to set screens for Ja. Our offense is going to be able to run. I don't care if Rudy Gobert is out there. Every time Ja played Rudy Gobert, he made him look – I mean, Ja probably dropped 40 on him just like he dropped 50 on DeJounte Murray. So, oh. like, they helped us by acquiring him. And you also got rid of Pat Bev, who made Ja's life a living hell. Yes. They literally – every problem that they gave the Grizzlies in that series in the first round of the playoffs, they single-handedly took it away themselves. Yep. So I, I love the matchup that we're getting with the Timberwolves now because I think they clog the paint themselves, which allows Steven Adams to just do what he does best. Now, granted, he is on the injury report still, so we'll see. Uh, I do think he'll be back for that Friday night game, though. I don't fear them like I did last year. Um, yeah. I am fine with Cat at the four. Santi Aldama, fine with that. Santi, you yeah. guard him. Brandon Clark, you guard him. Xavier Tillman, you guard him. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. I think Steven bounces back. He's not going to have some 20-rebound game against Rudy Gobert or anything, but yeah. he's not going to be unplayable like he was in last year's playoff series. I'm right there with you. Everything they did to scare us, Patrick Beverly gone, uh, Malik Beasley, there's no spacing for Anthony Edwards. You and I talked about in our main podcast about Anthony Edwards and that play of him just standing with his hands on his hips just completely yep. checked out right now because there's no spacing on the floor and there's no voice in that locker room. It is a voiceless locker room, just like yep. it was the last 20 years prior to Patrick Beverly. And that's what I love about Minnesota right now. We in Minnesota now though. We in Minnesota but now. I do have to pose a question for you. So last year in that playoffs, we saw them kind of when Jaron obviously got in foul trouble a lot. Uh, we saw them move to a different kind of, I guess, defensive technique for Cat. They put Dylan on him. And I will admit, Dylan did a pretty good job on him. But with him solely being on the outside now, would you be okay with them putting Dylan on him and having, like, Bain guard Ant? Because, let's be honest, Bain 
I mean, Ant's not going to the paint because the paint's clogged and Cat won't go to the paint because the paint's clogged. So putting a guy like DB on him just gives him somebody to annoy him on the three-point line. My only thing is I'd rather DB be on Ant, not because of, I think, Dylan Brooks is some lockdown guy. It's just who would Santi guard then? Or who True. would Brandon Clark guard then? I don't want him running out and having to guard, um, you know, a wing guy. McDaniel. I'd be on, yeah. yeah, be on Cat. Because – because oh, Brandon Clark and Santi, they're capable of like moving around because Cat's not some quick guy. You just need to get out to the perimeter. They're capable of doing that. Yeah, we just have to – something that you and I complain about a lot. They have to stay on the ground when he pump fakes. So yeah. We don't get just a gazillion threes in our face. I, I think our boy Jitty for the city is the worst at that too. Every time I watch him, my man jumps. Dude, he is like got springs in those shoes because he like – I need us. To, I need Zach Randolph to design a shoe for the entire team, other than Ja, and just their shoes never leave the ground. Like he, the <laughs> stick them to the ground shoes by Zach Randolph. Hell yes, <laughs> I'm here for it, man. Uh, my second storyline going into Friday's Ja versus Ant, man. What do you What do you want to see from Ja Morant versus Anthony Edwards? These are two guys. Obviously, Ja won the MIP last year. Anthony Edwards came as came in as a runaway favorite for MIP this year. I can't wait to see this matchup. Dude, I just want to see some, like, athletic plays. Like, obviously, we've kind of hit on the Anthony Edwards. He's not been able to do a lot. I think he's still with zero dunks. I, obviously, I am saying that based on previous knowledge. I don't. I didn't watch their last game because I do not go out of my way to watch Minnesota Timberwolves games. I'm going to be honest with you all. Uh, but I want to see some athletic plays. We've seen it from Ja. I, I know what we're going to get from Ja. You know what we're getting from Ja. He's going to be Ja. Mm-hmm. I want to see if Ant – the last time we, you and I watched Ant with our own two eyes in the FedEx Forum on a random Tuesday night, he was awesome. Yeah. He was electric. He, mm-hmm. It didn't matter where he shot the ball from. He was getting what he wanted. Yes. I want to see if he does that again. He has not done that at all this season. So I want to see if Ant goes out and says, look, I'm the best damn player on this team. I'm going to go get what I need to get. Because at the end of the day, I think that's the only way they beat us is if Ant plays like he can. And to be fair, I don't think he's done that right now um, because of just their their offense is weird right now. It's it's a very weird dynamic on offense. So I want to see if Ant matches Ja and says, "Look, if he's him for their team, I'm going to be him for our team." If that makes exactly. Sense. And Anthony Edwards really made a name for himself nationally in that playoff series. Everyone knew how talented he was, but against us, he really excelled. I just don't yeah. know if he can do that in this system. I mean, the coach hasn't changed. It's just been the roster. And like you and I said, we banged that trade since it's happened, and we've been proven to be right for a change, which which I'm absolutely fine with. Yeah, shout out the five and six T-Wolves. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> we love to see it, baby. I, I'm here for it. Well, one last headline for this Timberwolves game on Friday night, man. Kyle Anderson is returning to FedEx for him. How you feel about KA coming back, man? I'm going to shed a few tears, dude. I love yeah. slow-mo. I'm going to be honest. He might have 50 points on us. Like, <laughs> and like steel fast break, slow-mo Euro. I'm here for it. All the stuff I just said about Ant, Kyle Anderson's going to do yes. uh, to us. Because it's Kyle Anderson revenge game. Honestly, let's be honest. Kyle Anderson's like the chillest human in the world. He's going to have so much fun coming back, seeing everybody. And they're going to dab him up. You're going to be there, so I know you're going to be sending me Dude, DB and Kyle just met at center court. They're having a good conversation. Like, we know that's how Kyle Anderson's going to be. And honestly, Kyle Anderson's a vet. He knows how to play. I think he does have a really good game against us because at the end of the day, we never had to deal with his slow-mo prowess. But I do think we're going to have to have some problems with it uh, 
come Friday. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that him, like what we're missing most from him is his flexibility, especially being shorthanded as we are. Obviously we're fine at seven and four. We don't know our record after the Spurs game, but Kyle Anderson getting the steals as well. That has really hurt us in transition, but I think we'll, We've yeah. been just fine without him. He's got to be miserable. He's got a losing record in Minnesota. Oh, we in Minnesota now. We in Minnesota now. They're coming to the now. M Friday night. I can't wait for it. Yeah. By the way, if you ever want to talk to me and Coop about our Grizzlies, come on. DMs are always open at Jack Hampton. They at are. Coop underscore Neil 22. Get in the DMs. Coop, you got anything else to say about our Grizzlies? I do. I'm a, all right. So last week, as me and Jack said, this is a positivity Grizz talk because last week we were kind of down on the Grizz. Not that they were losing games, but we were just down on them for the way they had been playing. Um, so I got to shout out somebody, Jack. This is a guy that you and I both said he will be a first-time All-Star this year, Desmond Bain. Those first three games, we were like, holy hell, he's not going to be anywhere near All-Star. Because uh-huh. he was – I mean, it was – something was off. Um, and obviously he missed a game in there. But his first three games, he was averaging about 14.7, five assists, and five rebounds on 28 and a half from three and 26 and a half from the field. Right. Not great. And uh, obviously we're still winning games because other people were picking up slack, whether it be Santee, whether it be Conchar, other people were picking up the slack, but these last seven games, you ready? Are you, you're sitting down. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. 28 points per game, Mm -hmm. four assists, five rebounds, 54 from three Mm. and 54 from the field. Mm. So, this boy has been hooping. That boy be hooping. Shout out Jake Arabia. Shout out to him. Desmond Bain's been on a tear. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where the flames are coming off the ball. They have to re-leather the balls every time he shoots it because he is just tearing it a new one. So, shout out Desmond Bain. I think the first time All-Star is coming to fruition. I mean, he's literally averaging 25 points per game right now, if I remember correctly. But 28 nice. in the last seven, he's tearing it up. I love what I'm seeing from Desmond Bain. He looks like the – he heck, we got two Batmans on this team. Who needs Batman and Robin when you got two Batmans right you, now? John Grant, Desmond Bain. You are not lying. Just uh, three to I think this was four days ago. Statmuse tweeted out most points per game on forty five percent three point percentage this season. Thirty one points from John Morant, t- nearly twenty five from Desmond Bain, and Statmuse said top blank backcourt in the NBA. Of course, I had to quote tweet it and said top two, not two. I think this is one of the best backcourts in the NBA. I'm so happy with what I'm seeing from Desmond Bain so far. I'm loving it. I mean, literally, him and Ja, this backcourt could not be running any smoother. Like, and it's one of those things where his assist numbers are probably more than what most people would assume from a guy that typically is known as like the three point scorer type guy. Mm-hmm. But they put him in to let Ja rest, and he just gets to run the offense. So it's so nice seeing the way that our offense has developed with just these guys that nobody really thought would develop at all. That's why they slipped to us in the draft, and then just keep developing new things to help this offense roll the way it's rolling. One more thing I have. I want to see him and Ja's minutes staggered just a little bit more. I know they usually are staggered, but – Yes, yeah. is no doubt the second best guy on this roster. So I think they need one of those two guys need to be on the court at all times, especially with the guys we have out. Absolutely. And I think this is going to be something that even when Jerry gets back, it's going to look a little bit cooler, like how they rotate the stats. Cause you obviously know Taylor Jenkins has those rotations on lock. And obviously nice. right now he's kind of, he's probably playing with things still. Cause I think 
yeah. what it was probably by that 25th game where he he truly had a rotation locked in where we could be like all right it's three minutes left in the first quarter jaw's getting taken out and sure enough jaw'd go right out and he'd come back in at the six minute like he had it perfectly staggered and i think he's getting there i think with a lot of injuries being played we can't really he can't get one it's set hard. in yeah. stone yet exactly mm-hmm. and so i think by the time jaron gets back and zaire pro- potentially gets back I think he's going to have something in lock and you're going to see it like clockwork. But I, I agree. I think Desmond Bain and John need to be on the court at all times. Absolutely. All time. I'm so glad you took the time to shout out Desmond Bain. He's been playing his ass off for sure. Yeah. Coop, that's, that's all I got. What's your prediction for Friday night against the Timberwolves? I think we're going in to the Timberwolves eight and four, and I think we're going to be nine and four. I think we're going to have a nice little win streak after that loss to the Celtics. We're going to start on the two game win streak. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, Grizz, they're not going 82 and 0. They already, they already messed that prediction out for me, but uh, 78 and 4 is still available. So uh, we're breaking the Warriors record this year. I mean, it is what it is. I think we can too. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. But with Jaron coming back, that that's great news. Um, we played well over the weekend. It's about, you know, keeping our head above water. And we've excelled that mark with Jaron and Zaire out so far. My prediction for Friday night. I'm going to say a blowout, Coop. I say 125 to 95. Grizzlies take it at home against the T-Wolves. There's a whole lot of gritty and on midcourt yet again. There is. And there's going to be some gritty in front of Cat just over there, just slight gritties. I'm with it. There's There's going to be a whole lot of whispering. We in Minnesota now. Dude, I guarantee you, you're going to be there. So you have to tell me. If you hear, like, the actual announcers, like, say we in Minnesota now, please tell me. Because it'd be the greatest, like, thing to do to them like that is like it's the easiest thing to punk them with now like just please do it <laughs> do you remember um did you ever see that video it was uh game five of the warriors series jaw was out obviously we came back like we're down three one after game four we everyone thought that the warriors were just gonna close it out in five we ended up winning by like 50 and yeah. some some dude was on the mic i can't remember who it was but it was some guy on the pa and he was like, we're playing whoop that trick when we we're up by like 48. Draymond was dancing. And a, the, the PA goes, he goes, whoop that trick in your face, Steph Curry. <laughs> and he was like right in front of the Warriors huddle with the microphone. I was dying. Wasn't that the actual dude that wrote whoop that trick? Yeah, I think it was. Yes. I can't okay. remember his name. God. I don't remember his name either. The fact I'm that sorry. he was like right outside the Warriors huddle screaming that over the mic killed me. I know. Dude, that was one of the most I, – I think even the Warriors will say that's one of the most iconic playoff memories they can have from that last playoff run because literally they're – Steph and Draymond are both kind of sitting there dancing with it because they're down by 50. Like, there's no – Exactly. They're getting their asses kicked. Yeah. And they're both sitting there, whoop that trick. And I remember him going, whoop that trick. And, you know, face, I mean, it's iconic, dude. It is iconic, man. Hopefully we can make it past the second round. I don't know if the Warriors are going to be there this year, so that's good news. Stop it. That's for tomorrow's podcast. I'm playing. I'm playing. playing. All right, bro. Let's let's wrap it up before we get too crazy here. Coop, I hope you have a great, great night, my guy. Yes, sir. You too. Go Grizz. Go Grizz.